Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. This is Watchmen Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military and security experts and practitioners. I am Amir Oren, and our guest uh, today is retired Major General David Tsur, universally known as Tsuri. Welcome. Thank you. Um, a very distinguished uh, career in um, public security and uh, law enforcement and an international consultant to major events uh, such as the Olympic Games. Uh, you were not uh, born in Israel, were you? No, I was born in Turkey. I immigrated with my parents when I was six years old, which I remember as a very nice childhood. In Istanbul? In Istanbul. My house was like 100 meters from the Bosphorus. I have a very, very, very uh, nice uh, memories from that time. A small community, a very colorful uh, neighborhood. Of course, I attended uh, back a few times, and uh, even uh, I was a uh, honorable guest in the synagogue, which I used to go with my grandpa and my uh, dad, which was very a community, small community uh, synagogue, and uh, very nice. I didn't feel like a minority, which was a hostile, but... As, as you know, I was six years old, and I felt that uh, my parents were in a high tense, and I think they did, they did a very, very impressive uh, decision to uh, immigrate to Israel. You were born in the late 1950s and um, grew up there in the early 60s, which is the time where the uh, generals, the uh, Janta, uh, ruled uh, Kamal Gyurcel and others. Uh, do you still speak uh, a little uh, Turkish? I understand very, uh, some Turkish. I speak very little. Probably if I uh, practice, I'll, uh, it will come back. But I speak very good Ladino, which is the, like the Yiddish uh, for the Turkish, the Sfaradis. So uh, it's, and actually it helped me in my career uh, because the Spanish is very similar. So I speak very fluent Spanish. When you met with uh, your uh, Turkish colleagues later on as um, a leader of your unit or as a general, um, did that uh, common uh, experience, memory help you um, well, I get to... on better terms with well, them? Okay, it's, it's nice you mentioning it because I tell you maybe two short stories. Uh, one, when I was uh, a colonel, I was, uh, after I retired, uh, took a leave in absence from uh, the Imam. After I finished my uh, career, my uh, position there, y- Yamam, which we will get to. Yeah, is, but is, what I wanted just no, no. I just wanted to, to our audience to understand uh, because uh, you're using uh, the uh, mm-hmm. the acronym Yamam, which is uh, the special unit uh, handling hostage taking areas yeah. and other the counter-terrorism. national counterterrorism unit in Israel. 
And uh, I was in Atlanta for the coming Olympic Games. 1996. Exactly, as the consulting. And uh, there was a Turkish delegation there. And actually, I was in a class which uh, I gave a, a class uh, for uh, uh, rescuing hostages. and uh, Master class. Exactly. And I used the term of, uh, and it wasn't the first time I used the uh, Islamic terrorism. So one of the guys raised his hands and uh, he said, look, I'm from Turkey. And actually, I, I'm uh, kind of uh, insulted by the fact that you're using all the time the Islamic uh, terrorism because, you know, we are Muslims and uh, actually uh, uh, not all of the Muslims are uh, terrorists. So I said, look, I take, as a, I take it as a, uh, your advice and I, I think I will use different terms to be politically correct. And you're definitely right. That, uh, and, but I want to tell you that I'm, I'm a Turkish also. So when I'm speaking this, so I'm coming from that uh, angle. And uh, another story, which I think uh, kind of uh, uh, shows the shifting that uh, Turkey uh, uh, did. When I was uh, the general of the border guard police, I went to a delegation with uh, that time, the minister of uh, uh, public, security. public security, Tzachi Anegbi, and uh, another general. So we went when I was the host hosted by the general of the border guard police in, uh, in Turkey, which is a little bigger than uh, our, uh, like uh, more than 100, 150 uh, officers. Ten times exactly, the size of exactly. the Israeli. And uh, it was very nice and very interesting. So we were in Ankara for uh, two days, and then we went to Istanbul to be hosted, uh, hosted also by them. And uh, we had a very nice uh, dinner on the Bosphorus, Mavi Balik. This is the name of the restaurant. I came back a few times, and it was uh, hosted by the governor of uh, Istanbul, governor, mayor of Istanbul, a lot of the very official delega delegations, and we were like four people, and then he stood up, the, the uh, governor, and said, look, from the other side of the bridge, this is uh, where the general was born, and tomorrow we're going to take him and uh, bring him to his uh, house, and it was very... Very emotional, and he said he spoke very highly about uh, the how good relations we have with Israel, and who was the governor? Erdogan. Erdogan. But uh, and you then, were born on the Asian side. Yeah. Ah, okay. And a few uh, months after, he created the party and uh, went to. Uh, uh, yes. A few years we became... were still in a good relation, and now it's very tense. But when I was a parliament member, actually. I was the only one in 2014, there was a, a conference for a, a aviation and transportation security hosted by the Minister of Transportation in Turkey. And actually they asked the chairman of the, uh, the speaker of the house to send me to that uh, conference. And it was very interesting because next to me was sitting uh, uh, the lady which I know for a while from the Athens uh, Olympic Games, Angelopoulou. And on the left side, it was the foreign minister of Ira uh, Iran that time. So it was an interesting uh, conference. You are here to speak about security, but as long as you are also an amateur expert on Turkey, what are the prospects for uh, better relations between Jerusalem and uh, Ankara? Well, I mean, it's, we have a lot of uh, things. Uh, the, pub the public, the people in Turkey are quite very uh, pro-Israel. 
Uh, and we have to, to remember that uh, we are kind of in the middle of fighting between the Sunni moderate countries like Saudi, Egypt, uh, on the role on the, this, the, the Muslim brothers, the, 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 the Sunnis against Turkey. And Israel is a very good ally of uh, Egypt, of course, and Saudi Arabia, and now uh, after Abraham uh, agreements. So all this uh, uh, channel is against Turkey. But so, so you say that in addition to the Shia versus the Sunnis, there is also in the Sunni world exactly another rift between the moderates and the uh, diehard fanatics like the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, and exactly. And also, I mean, it's 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 a big question of history, of course. Somebody who dealing all the time with politics and security. The, the very old uh, argument, whether the, the people are doing the history or the history is doing the, the person. So I, I think the fact that Erdogan by himself, because he's coming from a very religion point of view and deep inside, he's, uh, he doesn't hate the Jews. I don't think he's an anti-Sedevic. Okay. But I think he has very hard feelings because of the Muslim brothers in Gaza and Hamas is... Uh, and we see that today the most acti- active uh, active uh, cells of the the Hamas is coming from uh, from uh, Turkey and uh, uh, and some of the leaders uh, are stationed there. Exactly. Now, and but to to get to the uh, bottom line, I think uh, when uh, Erdogan will move, and also here in Israel we will have a different uh, maybe leadership. I think the. The channels are there, the bridges are there, because economically, it's only growing and growing all the time. As you said, uh, your family um, emigrated from Turkey uh, to Israel uh, with you uh, in tow. And um, when you reached draft age, you joined the uh, paratroopers mm-hmm. and you took part in many operations uh, in South Lebanon, which was at that time the, the front. Um, and uh, you actually led a platoon even when you were an NCO, a, a yeah. first sergeant. Why, why didn't you want to become an officer then? Okay, that's a good question. Actually, I was, uh, I chose to go to the paratroops be, and I could choose different uh, uh, career because I was in the national team in handball. I was an athlete and I was very good, I mean, with all the models. So uh, the, my uh, uh, coach tried all the time to, to push me and uh, I could uh, have the position not to go to this career, but I chose to go there. When I went to the paratroops, um, I went very, uh, very quick on the, on the, the promotion. promotion. Next to me, Nir Barkat was in the same... Uh, Nir Barkat is now a Likud politician. And also, this is the time Benny Gantz... Uh, Benny Gantz joined. is a little bigger... Three months. Me. Yeah. Three months earlier. And uh, Ofer Shelach was with the same... Uh, so we were in a very good day. Actually, when I finished, I went uh, to... Uh, when I had even vacation, small vacation, I went back to play all the time basketball and handball. It was my passion. So one of the, in, in the vacation between going to the officer course, I had like a two or three weeks vacation. I play a pro handball. And actually I, uh, bro- well, not broke, but I uh, almost broke my hang- my ankle. So I had to stay at home. So I lose the first, uh, the first uh, course of uh, uh, officer course. And then I went back to the, 
to the to the unit. I spent another, a few months as a, a commander in the other uh, units, and I went to the next officer course in uh, Badekhar, which is the, the officer training the officer training school. And actually, I started the the first week. Again, I had a problem. Actually, my uncle was all the time uh, sprained because when I did the jumping prior Ob- obstacle uh, course and then the paratroops also so the when I went dropping to the ground every time I had a problem with my leg so I uh, had to postpone it again and that time my uh, one of my commanders actually built uh, the unit and he was the, uh, the no no it was uh, that time not in the Yamama, I'm talking still in the paratroops. Oh, in the paratroops. And he called me to come and uh, to be with him as a, a platoon commander because he didn't have enough officers till I will go b- uh, to the officer course. So I went there. And uh, actually, I started like 10 months. I was like this. And I lead this uh, unit. And then came to a point which uh, they told me, okay, now you have to go. But... But then you have to re-enlist exactly. for another year. So I came. I, this is a very... Uh, uh, traumatic uh, interview which I had with the colonel that time which was the, like a god for me Don Rubin the, the brigade commander exactly and I went to the office and uh, I remember that my uh, commander said look you have to accept because I came there and I said look I, I, I want to go to the officer course and I will sign the extra time but I want to come back not again to that position because I already did it like 10 months. So I want to uh, be promoted. So look at me. Very Depu- deputy com- company e- commander. Exactly. So look at me very furious. And he said, what do you think to yourself? And said, so I said, I think I'm uh, So he said, okay, go back and uh, I will, uh, you will get the answer from your commander. So everybody was furious on me, but I was very insistent. And then I went to the officer schools at the Yamam. So, uh, so okay. So you uh, you left uh, the army after your conscription duty uh, was over, and immediately joined the police border guard. This unit, Yamam, the hostage taking uh, yeah. unit. Again, it wasn't a decision which I can say that uh, that was my uh, passion. Uh, and uh, actually, I went with a friend that he was the candidate. That's always the story in beauty pageants. <laughs> yes. And then the, the Asaf Hefetz that time was the commander, and the deputy was Shmuel Adam, uh, Adamovich. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he looked at me and he said... A former sergeant major um, in the uh, yeah. paratroops, and, and Hefetz was a battalion commander. And then he pulled me into an interview, very short one, and then he asked me to... And, and I, it was interesting for me, it was challenging because he said it's very difficult you can't go into uh, those obstacles and you have to go so he kind of made me a challenge so I said okay I'm, I'm going to tackle this challenge and I did a very short trip in Europe and came back and uh, actually went to uh, and, and and the rest is history and yeah. I went very quickly in the in the promotion at the unit I had a great great time 15 years at the unit four of them is like a, almost four like a commander and altogether, 27 years in, in the, police yeah. uniform, in addition to the three uh, as oh, a soldier. Exactly. Now, um, after the 1973 Yom Kippur War, there was a new division of labor between the military and the police regarding what is now called Homeland Security, uh, up to the border police, border guard, yeah. and across the border, the military. And uh, as Actually, part of if that, you put the finger on the time, 
It was after the very tragic incident, 74 in Malot, uh, which uh, hosted uh, three uh, Palestinian took a uh, hundred of uh, kids uh, school, school, school. And uh, Omer Bale, which is the minister of the public security today, was the commander of uh, the unit, I think, that time. And uh, they, they, uh, the rescue uh, operation fell, and actually 23 kids uh, were uh, killed by the Palestinians there. No, Omer Balev was 10 years later. This was another... Uh, no, no, no. Omer another, ba- another leader, um, Gior Azorea. Ah, maybe, maybe you're right. Anyway, but he was, I think, it, as a soldier there or something. Yes. Because I remember he's... A, a uh, team leader. Yeah, yeah, speaking there. Anyway, uh, after that, there was a conclusion that uh, the, to, bri- to put... Uh, Vadat Chorev, which is a Chorev... Uh, the Chorev Commission. Commission. And Chorev Commission took a decision to, to uh, divide the responsibilities between the police and uh, uh, the military, because that time it was mixed. And uh, actually, th- three uh, main decisions were taken. One of them created the Yamam, the counter-terrorist unit. The second one was the uh, EOD, the old explosive uh, unit at the police, and the third one was the, res- the civil guard, which we call Mishmar Ezrahi, yeah. civil guard... Uh, uh, of volunteers, mostly. Volunteers to the police. And then uh, there was a, dis- a government decision that everything which is in the green line at that time... With Within the- Israel's borders. Exactly, will be responsible of the police, and what is outside will be the responsibility now, of the we, military. We have, we have to expand and explain on that. Up until that time, Israel's main enemies were Arab armies, the Egyptian army, the Syrian army, exactly. and so forth. In the late 60s and early 70s, Palestinian terror, both within Israel, in the territories, and abroad, became one of the biggest threats. And the only unit at that time which was uh, ready and effective was the Sayeret Matkal. Matkal. Uh, we had Ehud Barak here recently to speak about that time. And they were, for instance, uh, ready to go to Munich during the Olympics had the Germans uh, authorized uh, such a mission. But in uh, Maalot and in other places, they failed for various reasons. They, they missed the right turn, the right floor when they stormed. And that was the reason why not only the authority of the police was, was then given uh, around these missions, but also to create your unit, Yamam. Yeah, because if we go into uh, to Europe, let's say, after 72 incident in the in Munich, uh, Munich Olympics, the 11 uh, athletes who were um, assassinated by uh, Palestinians, the German decided also that it, it, it can be improvised. It has to be something very professional. And they created... And the, federal. Not, not, exactly. Not, not the, local. And not. they created the GSG 9, which is part of the border guard police. But they took the GSG and 9, it means the 9 battalion, which will be uh, the... Ulrich, Ulrich Wegener. Exactly. Ulrich Wegener was a very good friend of uh, Asaf Hefetz. And actually, when it came to a point that uh, this was the decision of the government, so they brought Asaf Hefetz from uh, brigade, uh, uh, paratroop brigade commander to 
to create uh, uh, this unit. Actually, historically, they started already before that with two other uh, officers from the border guard police, but for a very short time. And then Asaf came in the late, uh, in the mid 70s and started with uh, 75, 76 or something like that and created the unit as three platoons, snipers, professional training. And I want to, to maybe to emphasize one point. Seret Matkal is a very, very good unit. I mean, one of the top in the leaders is a commando unit in the world, like Delta, like uh, the SEAL in uh, other uh, uh, countries. Maybe. But they are commando units. So when it came to a point, and you, you mentioned Ma'alot, or it's not, it's a very, very technical and very professional job to rescue hostages. And this is something to be trained all the time. This kind of unit... Because you have to be patient and not assault if you, if you are too exactly, offensive exactly. in nature. And, and all of the officers at the unit are uh, career officers. It's not, some, it's not mandatory uh, of, uh, officers, uh, soldiers. And they are changing every four or five years uh, at the, the maximum. Sometimes it's even three years. So those, these, the guys in our unit are like 10, 15, even 20. You can find, we had a, one of the guys, unfortunately, who was killed in, in the south. He was uh, 51 when he was killed. So those are, uh, have a very uh, um, experienced and historical uh, uh, professional to be a very good uh, unit. So I just visited the unit last week and amazing. I mean, if I'm taking my time during, the, I was uh, pointed in 91 till 95. So today, it's like science fiction. It's uh, the sons of the veterans now? Uh, well, the, we have a few sons of the veterans. We have also, but the commander of today, let's say, he was one of my uh, officers. He's uh, like 50, 51 years old. When, yeah. I, when I'm thinking about it, I mean, I retired in 47 or 48 48, but, after three positions of major general. But the uh, disappointment has been criticized by, by veterans of the unit um, because he's uh, considered to be perhaps oh. too old. He's in a shape which I, uh, I can tell you that he's like 30 and he's a very good... Not only for seniors. For no, no, no. He's a great guy. He's very professional and I think it's... Uh... General Tsuri, uh, um, when did you decide to make it your career? to stay in the unit? In the unit. Well, <clears throat> actually, I, uh, after I finished my uh, platoon commander, I decided that I want to go out. I mean, like a So this was the third time you went to the officer's course, and this time finished it. Yeah, yeah, I finished it even as, like, uh, uh, number one in my... Uh, okay, my, uh, top in your class. Yeah, exactly. And uh, after I went back to the unit, to the amount... By the way, does that mean that going there... As a cadet, when you are 22 years old, is that better than the 19 years? For sure. I had a very good uh, physical uh, condition. I knew uh, very good how to navigate and everything. So for me, it's, everything was like peanuts. So uh, so maybe it, it's better for the Israeli military to change. Uh, yeah, but they don't have it for. They don't have the recruitments for a long time. So they need very. To push very uh, quickly. I agree with you that uh, I, I uh, let's say, recommend it all the time. That after uh, you do the, uh, you finish the 14 months, 14 uh, we, uh, months of uh, the training, don't 
send them to the officer course. They are not in, uh, mature enough for that. They need, after training, 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 they need to go at least half a year or something like that, 10 months to the field. But the time that they have, it's very short. It has been shortened by yeah, the exactly. Knesset Even more. Uh, twice and uh, because, yeah. because Israeli society does not support long conscription. Now. Exactly. So when I, when, um, going back to your question, I, in 84 or 85, I decided that I want to go to a university because I, I, I was already ready. Uh, I did uh, in a few years. I was a platoon commander very quickly. It was great. And I, most of my uh, service was in Lebanon. After the first Lebanon war in 82, so immediately after that, when the Shimbet, the, 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 the NIS, internal security agency, the internal security is coming after the army, and we did a huge amount of uh, so th operations. Th this is a, um, a point uh, uh, which needs um, to be elaborated on. The ISA, the uh, Shabak, does not have uh, troops of its own. Uh, it has, of course, experts, case officers, people who, who uh, recruit and run agents, and it has uh, an operational unit, but it does not have the equivalent to military uh, or police units. So Yamam became uh, the spearhead exactly. of Shabak operations. Exactly. And that goes back, as I uh, said, to the early 80s. So the... the the connections is like abounded. It's it's something very very uh, uh, strong because we had uh, mutual cases, and also the walls were dropped. I think one of the main main uh, success we have in uh, interception inter the interception on terrorism and fighting against terrorism is the fact that a lot of walls which are between organizations, egos, etc., which are creating a huge problem. And after, I think for the Americans, after September 11, the, and now that the, after 20 years, some of the information has been opened. It's amazing to see what was the intelligence that time, which was on the system. The wall between the FBI and the, and the CIA. CIA. It's very crucial. In Israel, I think in my time, it started to be very uh, efficient. But the top of it, was in 2000, after the wave of terrorism in 2000, that everything was dropped. So as you said, we, the Yaman became the, as the execution, the operational unit for the... The executive agent for Shabak. Now, but the fact that you came from the paratroop unit, which is one of the most prestigious ones in the Israeli defense community, and went to the police, which was not so highly regarded by Israelis throughout the years, this helped... Uh, uh, in some way um, uh, make it more equal. Yeah, but remember that I didn't went to the police. For me, the counter-terrorist unit, and even till today, most of them, they don't see as that unit, the imam, as part of as being police officers. I can tell you that when I finished my duty as the commander of the imam after 15 years, I didn't have uh, in mind that I'm going uh, to the police. I left. And I went to a private sector, as, a, <coughs> as I said before, to Atlanta for a year and a half, live in Amsterdam. So, uh, and Asaf Hefetz kind of drew me back. And then I become the commander of uh, uh, the first, my, my first position as a police officer. And I must tell you that the image which the public have on the police 
is totally different okay. from what I saw. So we will um, speak about it, about your transfer from the so-called green police to the blue police mm-hmm. in the second uh, segment of our talk. For the time being, uh, Tsuri, General uh, David Tsur, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.